All right. So now that we've spoken about this horse girl, let's go ahead and move <laughs> into our top three this week. And we are going to do our top three childhood memories. I will I will go ahead and jump in with my top three. I was saying, you know, before we started recording, I was telling you guys, this was a weird one for me because knowing that this was coming up, I I feel like I probably had to think way too hard just about like what my favorite childhood memories are. Not something I think about a whole lot. And as I've, you know, as as I'm approaching 30, Luke, other Luke as you are, uh, Luke is, I feel like much past 30 at this point, but very far past 30. Uh, he's not here to defend himself at this time. Whoa, so whoa, whoa. Just, 30, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> there, there he is. Never mind. But anyway, as I, as I approach 30, I feel like I just remember less and less of my own childhood. And whether that's because I killed most of my brain cells in college or <laughs> I'm just getting older, I don't know. But it was kind of a stumper. So I, I'll start with my my number three. Uh, and this was the the first time I ever rode a roller coaster at Kings Island. And it was it was kind of a combination of things where I'm not a very big guy now. I was also not very tall when I was growing up. So being actually tall enough to ride the roller coasters was kind of a monumental step for me. So I remember like we were going to go to Kings Island. We only really went like once a year as a family. So it was like, all right, this is the summer. I'm finally tall enough to ride these things. And we got there and it was like the first thing we did. We dad was like, all right, we're going to go. Let's start on son of beast because this was right when son of beast had first opened. It still had the loop in it, which was like a huge deal. And so we go and the line wasn't very long. It was like, you know, we were there super early. We get in line and there's a pretty long wait. It was, we were waiting for probably, you know, 45 minutes to an hour to actually get on the thing. And the whole time I'm sitting in line, I was just like, I remember being as nervous probably as I've ever been because, you know, it's a roller coaster. I didn't really know what to expect. I was a little afraid because I was, you know, very young. I was probably, by the time I was tall enough, I don't know, I was probably 18 or 19, really. By the time I was tall enough to go on a roller coaster, uh, no, I in, in actuality I was probably I don't know, what eleven, twelve, something like that. I was you know way too old to finally be that tall, but I was super super nervous in line. And then you know we get on, you go up the first big hill. It takes forever to get up there, and the whole time I was like shit, 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 shit. And then it goes over the top of the first hill. You go down, go through the whole thing, and after that, like I, I loved it basically right away. I was you know. Pretty nervous, and but 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 by the time we were done, I was like, "That was awesome! Let's go again! Let's hit everyone in the park!" And I remember that kind of being like just just a really big moment for me, and just a lot of fun. And you know, I've I don't get out to a lot of theme parks nowadays, but I still do love roller coasters. So that was something that you know I, I felt like was just a big step for me in my childhood. I hope at you know pushing thirty or whatever you called me that that I'll have that moment because I've still to this day <laughs> never ridden. A uh, true roller coaster. I love I love roller coasters, but I haven't ridden one in a while for mm -hmm. two reasons. One, Luke, you would have problems with the first one is your height. Even only at six two, like it's very uncomfortable on your shoulders when those bars come down. And then number two, obviously my weight. I'm always the oh, we need to get one more click. It's just. <laughs> Very uncomfortable to have them sitting there pushing on you to try and get it to go one more. So, I mean, I love them. It's just not that easy to ride them anymore. 
I definitely used to have the, the reverse problem when I was like just tall enough. So like the first couple of times I went to, you know, Kings Island to ride roller coasters. I remember one time I was on the uh, the regular The Beast, uh, the original The Beast, I guess. And there's a there's a couple of instances in that ride where it kind of you kind of take like a left turn and then there's a big like spiral, like couple of turns to the right. And I remember one time I was so I was like just barely tall enough. So they've got like the, just the cars with kind of the big armrest on the side. And I kind of, it turned to the left. I kind of leaned that way and then it slams back to the right. And I just drilled my head against the side of the car. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I was like woozy after I got off of it because I think I just had a concussion. Did did I tell the story about the mountain racer at Rookie's bachelor party? I don't know that you have. I would love to hear it. Not that I'm aware of. So I've never ridden a roller coaster. I've never been to Kings Island. I've never done anything fun in my life. We went to uh, Rookie's bachelor party in Gatlinburg, and we we drove down, and we were the first ones there. There were six of us, and, and he's like, "Let's do this mountain coaster." And I'm like, "Okay." So we can you can look up at it, and it looks like just a tiny little loop. And I'm like, "Whatever." I had to pee. Like we had just driven from uh, Lexington. We stopped to eat, so I had peed. But we had been in the car for probably you know three hours and i was like all right so i go into the bathrooms they're they're out of order i'm like great okay so we we go and we pay for this and the other five people get to go with the first group and i have to wait for another car i'm by myself in the back of course and uh it's like okay you beforehand somebody had mentioned riding one of these before and they're like just just don't ever touch the brakes i keep it going full blast the entire time and i'm like Whatever. Okay. So I get on this thing and I thought this was, I thought it was tiny. And then it takes you, I I bet it's like a three or four minute hike to the top. I mean, it takes you to the very top and then it's like push forward. You can pull backward for your brakes. And I'm like, okay, well they said not to. So I I'm forward. I'm full blast on this thing. And it says you can go, you know, 45 miles an hour and going into this first turn, I am like, holy shit, I'm going to fucking die. Like, but but I just don't do it. Like I just go full. I, I'm white knuckled. Like my eyes are probably shut. I'm sitting. I'm way too big for this thing. I feel like my phone's gonna fall out on the side of the mountain. I'm never gonna get it again because you don't put your phone anywhere. And I, I'm just going the whole time. And you're hitting turn after turn. And you're on a tiny. Ra- you're on one rail. It's like a rail car. And I'm going into these corners. And if you fall off, you're dead. I mean, there's no way around. It. You're dead. And I'm like, this is so crazy, so intense. So I go the entire time. I get down to the bottom, and I'm like, "Oh!" And so I, I was just joking around with the guys. I was like, "So be honest. Like, how many of you hit your brakes?" And every single one of them goes, "Oh fuck yeah, we used our brakes." Did you go into that first turn, like, why did you not use your brakes? I was like, "What?" Somebody said, "Don't use the brakes." I went down the entire thing, didn't use my brake. Everybody else was breaking into every turn because it was. I mean, it was intense going into those turns. You're like, "There's no way this is gonna hold." So I did the entire thing, no breaks, and everybody's like, "Yeah, you're a fucking idiot." What are you? <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, okay. you're just the truest daredevil out of the entire yeah. group." I just misunderstood what happened. <laughs> okay, so I kind of agree with you, Andy. Like thinking of my childhood, like not much comes to mind. Uh, <laughs> my wife always gets on me because she's like, "You never talk about your childhood," and I'm like, "I don't really remember much from my childhood." Uh, but when I think about things that I love now, there's always something from my childhood that, like, I can remember where that started. Right. And they all start with P's. So here for for my number three, the first P is going to be Pokemon. 
Okay, I, 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 remember, I, thought you said, I thought you said they all started with P, and I was like, all right, this is, I don't, I don't know what this is going to be about. So Andy was driving in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, with Pokemon, I remember when Red, Blue, and Yellow came out for the Game Boy. I wanted oh, yeah. them so bad. So my grandma, for like a month before Christmas, has everything wrapped and under her tree. Myself, my cousin Trey, and my cousin Levi, I'm pretty sure all three of us, we each had three square boxes underneath the tree. And I just knew that that's what they were for each of us. And so I'd always go, and every time we were at my grandma's, I'd grab them and say, oh, these are my Pokemon games. I'm so excited to open them. Well, my grandma decides, if you're going to keep saying that, you're not getting anything. So the next time I go to her house, they're not there. And so, like, for the two weeks leading up to Christmas, I'm devastated. Because I no longer have these games. And my cousins still do. Then, of course, come Christmas night, I open a shoebox, and they're all hidden inside the shoebox. And I was... (laughs) I don't remember being more excited. Like we went to her bedroom and like laid on the floor and played like all night while everybody else was still open and stuff and everything. We were just like, Nope, done going to play Pokemon. And I, I just vividly remember that as like one of the best gifts I've ever gotten because I was so excited and then so devastated. And then to still open them, it it really played a toll on my young, fragile mind. <laughs> don't trust anyone. That's what you learned. <laughs> Oh, good on your uh, man. Good on your grandma for coming through with the clutch gift. That's awesome. Thanks, Nana. <laughs> uh, it's Grammy. Thank you. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> this was so hard for me to come up with just three, and the order's probably going to be off. But these are, but, but these are three that I want to talk about. Sorry, Luke. Other Luke and I are like, we don't remember our childhood. And you're like, I can't nail it down to three. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the old one. Wow. Uh, so we'll, we'll slide in at number three. It's funny because people now are like, oh, kids with their cell phones. I never know what it's like, but literally we didn't have cell phones growing up and you would just leave. And Andy, uh, a couple of these involve you. So we would just play sports or do stuff forever. And like, if anybody needed us, they would need to, you know, drive to St. Morris or figure out how to come get somebody. Uh, so we live close enough to where it was never an issue, but number three for me is going to be all of the sports we played. And we had a group of, I don't, a decent group, probably 10 people, uh, who just constantly played sports. We played baseball, kickball, football, but, but two of my favorites were roller hockey, which I never knew how to play hockey, but we would get play roller hockey, and I I think I was always the goalie. I had uh, like knee pads, and people made fun of me, but I was a kick ass goalie. And we would use bricks as our as our goals, and a, a little round ball. And you guys, I think Andy were the only ones that had hockey sticks because that was kind of unusual to have in <laughs> in St. Morris, Indiana. But yeah, yeah. We we played hockey, which was a lot of fun. And the other one that I really, really remember was playing basketball at your parents' house. And I really wasn't good at basketball. I just happened to be taller than everybody else. So it seemed like I was good because we played in your barn on the lower goal or even outside. I don't know if it's 10 foot, but I seemed like I was really good at that. And I, we were playing with, you know, farm boys and, you know, people who <laughs> really didn't pick up basketball. So by proxy, I was I was almost one of the best ones out there. but. Two two things that I fondly remember. And then on top of that, a 
uh, we would play frisbee golf. Uh, we called it back yes. then, where we'd set up tent poles all around your parents' house, which was the most intense because, of course, you have the pond as a uh, barrier. But uh, sports in general, as a childhood, and and me, you, and Steve would play on Sundays actually. Uh, football in the backyard, one on one with an all-time quarterback, which is <laughs> that's right, which is the ultimate way to play when you had three people. So, a lot of fun. Yeah, there's there's maybe no more Indiana story than getting like walking to your friend's house and playing basketball <laughs> in their barn. Which, yeah, which we did quite regularly. That was those were good yeah. times. I, I still to this day am pretty sure that in whenever this was i don't know 2001 2002 we invented like frisbee golf and oh then, yeah <laughs> you know it took off it took off years later but i still think that ours was a, a better brand it was like frisbee mini golf it's so much Man, more fun so we sat inside and designed flags for every hole that you could never see what number <laughs> you could never <laughs> see them regardless we would put the number on them but uh, other Luke and listeners, we used tent poles. So we had a tent yep. that probably never worked because we screwed up the poles so bad. But but we would stick tent poles on the ground, and your frisbee had to hit the pole for the for the hold account. We had official scorecards and everything. It was we we played that for, I mean, months and my every every nice month we played that for an entire year. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm super glad you brought that one up. That is is something that did kind of stick out to me as well. And, and I re- I do remember having like we had just like a binder or something like that full of different yeah, yeah. course layouts and stuff like that 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 you and Steve would draw up. So those were those were some good times. And you had to play so we could beat somebody. Exactly. <laughs> was this a part of the BSL or is this pre BSL? This was pre. Okay. So I remember seeing those shirts and be being super <laughs> jealous. Like, oh, yeah. I wish I could go play with those guys. Yeah, that was like as a junior in high school, but you know, whatever. Uh, okay. So on that note, moving on from uh, some of our shared childhood together, Luke. Uh, well, this is this is actually kind of in line with that. My number two childhood memory is save it, it you know it's me so it had to be something something nerdy or something gaming related so this this is me and my two older brothers saving up to buy our our original PlayStation 1 and like the the actual moment that we got it so this was you know the the PlayStation 1 came out in i don't know 96 something like that in the United States we were you know, we had a Sega Genesis that we loved playing, but that came out and it kind of blew our minds seeing stuff for it. So, you know, we, we were like, we have to get one of those. We have to get one of those. Can we get one for Christmas? Can we get one for a birthday? Stuff like that. And our parents kind of told us, you know, if you want something like that, it's, you know, that's a pretty expensive thing. You guys are going to have to save up some money. So we basically spent an entire, and I don't know if this was a summer or, or what, but we spent an entire summer kind of doing odd jobs and stuff like that for basically for mom and dad, but finding chores to do as an excuse to like have them give us, give us money towards buying our PlayStation. And I remember we got to a point where I don't know if summer was ending or we were just kind of out of things to do, or we were just tired of, of doing a bunch of chores and saving up for it. But uh, my second oldest brother, Steve and I kind of, did the the lion's share of the chores and and at the at the end we were really really close we were maybe like 40 or so dollars off and we we're like we just 
we got to go get this. And we finally talked our oldest brother who really didn't have an interest in it into like <laughs> buying in and giving us like 40 bucks or whatever it was to finally go get it. And finally talked him into it. I remember we all got together and we went to, oh man, I can't even remember the name of the electronics store, but some like old electronics store in, in Greensburg in the town we grew up in and going in and buying that and getting to pick out our first game and then taking it home and, and playing it for the first time and just, you know, probably spending an entire week straight in front of the PlayStation in front of the TV, which I'm sure our parents loved, but there, there's just, there was something magical about that where we kind of, we all got together and all saved up money to buy it. And then probably wore that thing out over the next 10 years of our lives. Uh, Kmart, I think is what you're looking for. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that. It was, I want to say, like, on cue, maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. On cue. Yes. Wow. I I have so many things to say about this. I It's actually <laughs> funny, Andy. Uh, growing up, uh, Steve and I were really good friends, and you were the... Uh, oddly, you were the nerdy little brother. I don't, those things yeah, have certainly kind of changed, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I, I vividly remember... Uh, you're talking video games. Uh, two instances that I'll remember forever. One, Downhill Domination. And we would play oh, that cool. Viking game <laughs> for hours in your living room. And, and your parents always made us stop after a couple hours and like take a break and go play outside, which was nice of them. Um, yeah, the other th- me now. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I remember is famously probably the best PS2 game ever. Uh, NFL 2K5. 2K5. Yeah, 2K5, is that what it was? It was, yeah. Where we created an entire team of people who were like seven foot tall, 500 pounds. (laughs) So they were all huge, but all like 99 speed and running around like crazy. But good times. Uh, First video gaming console. We could talk about that forever. Yeah, I I remember my first video game console, too. My dad, actually, he worked at Valio, one of the factories around here, and they held these picnics for the families, and they had a raffle. And I remember I was standing in line to play Plinko, and when they called out over the intercom, you know, and the winner of a N64, and then they said my dad's name, I literally dropped everything and went running. (laughs) I was so, like, they didn't give it to us right there, but, like, I still had to go and make sure that it was real, so... I mean, that is definitely an important part of your childhood is remembering that first console you get. Dad, you get your ass over here and you claim that prize. (laughs) So I guess I will go ahead and go with my number two. The next P on my list is going to be paranormal. (laughs) Oh, so Fuck, I forgot you had a theme. Andy and I are a bunch of fucking losers here. (laughs) I didn't I didn't even plan this theme. It just kind of happened. Growing up, we lived in this old house in St. Paul, and I swear to you it was haunted. My sisters will swear to you it was haunted. My parents are like, oh, no, that's stupid. No. If I have a nightmare to this day, it occurs in that house. (laughs) But I remember a specific instance. I was with my sisters playing hide-and-seek. We were downstairs in the living room. I counted. They went to go hide. So I was going up the stairs to go find them. The stairs, there were multiple landings, like you'd go left and then you'd come back up right and then then turn right again to go up to the top. And my parents' room was right across from the stairs. So I remember getting to that second landing, making that final turn to go up to the top. And I see a head, long hair, female, pull back, 
into the corner, like right beside the door, there was a chair there. So I was like, oh, I see you. You're hiding behind the chair. I go up there. I go in there. There's nobody in that room. Actually, both of my sisters were hiding downstairs. They weren't even upstairs, but I will sit here and swear to you. I am completely 100% dead serious. I swear I saw a girl peeking out around that corner. Now, other <laughs> other Luke, I, this this was supposed to be like favorite fun childhood memories. What no, the but fuck? It, but <laughs> you just said childhood memories, and this is a vivid memory that I have. And I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm no, very... no, no. I'm gonna fucking dream about this tonight. I can't imagine you. <laughs> no, I, I swear, I like. I'm very interested in all that paranormal stuff, like even the, the Bigfoot and everything that we talk about on here often. But like that stuff right. fascinates me, and like I, it comes, I think, from that childhood of being in that house, and it was so creepy. And I specifically remember seeing someone that day. If you're just going to talk about memories, it doesn't just have to be happy. It, I was just thinking of vivid, and I vividly remember that in my head. I, uh, I can, Luke, I can't imagine living in a place like that. Like I, even like people's, if I heard there were a couple of people, you know, growing up who talked about experiences like that or you know said oh this house is haunted and i would like i would think about it a lot and like i was like i will never go to these places you know when i was really young like my grandparents lived in not even a really like that old of a house it was just a grandparents house so there were a lot of old things in it and like i was creeped out by that like i didn't like staying there overnight and so i can't imagine what growing up in a house like that would have done to to me personally i would be I guess even stranger than I am now really <laughs> would be. Yeah, I mean that that's just my best story. I know my sisters have stories like it was one of those things where when I would go upstairs, I would close my eyes and reach around the corner to turn the hallway <laughs> light on. Like I refused to even open my eyes in the dark in that house as a child. That's how terrified I was. And my parents to this day are still like what do you mean? We didn't know anything was wrong. One other thing to add to that, obviously, loved movies when I was younger, love movies now. And I know we've talked about this on the podcast, but the first time I went, Andy, into your parents' basement, <laughs> after, after watching House on Haunted Hill, I swear to you, it is the exact basement. And I was like, I need to get the fuck out of here. Like, I, I don't care what we're looking for. It was so creepy the first time I went down into your parents' basement. It was just, it, it, it was right after I watched that movie, and it just reminded me of it so much. Yeah, that was the point I was going to bring up uh, for yeah. those for those listeners who I guess haven't been in my mom and dad's basement. It's like this old like dugout concrete cellar. It's really like it, you know, the lighting was never very good. It was there was a lot of just like old storage stuff down there and it, it was really like dark dark and dank and there's this kind of like back room area that is just terrifying just like a, a weird corner where there's like one light bulb with a, a pull string light that you have to turn on to get into it not a place that you want to be uh happily i can say that they have had, since had the basement uh redone it's it's much nicer now it's it's still not really finished but there's a lot of really nice lighting they had some of, some of the walls kind of resurfaced and stuff like that so it's a lot less terrifying now than it used to be they did an exorcism. It's fine. Yeah, they they uh, they, they they removed the Indian burial ground that was down there with <laughs> the help of a local a, a local group. So, yeah. 
All right, uh, Luke, you're number two. This is yeah, just certainly one of our longer top threes, but uh, go just ahead. Just to follow. Uh, number two for me is going to be kind of a uh, people are going to say I, I'm a loser and hopefully other Luke will come quickly to my defense. But somehow along the lines, when I was in uh, about fifth or sixth grade, I thought it would be great if I got a video camera. So I asked for one for Christmas and that's like the number one gift I got. And it was great. And I took it to all the family Christmases and I. I recorded things, you know, like home videos. Hey, grandma, say hi to the camera. And this is back when the video cameras took like a small tape that I put into a larger tape to play in the VCR. Sorry for you millennials listening that don't know what any of that means. But and somehow this combined with my love of the WWF back then (laughs) of wrestling, of course, uh, generated the idea of, yeah, they're cool, but we have a video camera. We could wrestle too. Uh, and a few members of our community, Andy, I think you're included in some of these as well, but <laughs> decided we would start wrestling. So this started with my brother, uh, my neighbor and myself and my parents just hated it. Right. They hated when we would wrestle. they thought somebody would get hurt so uh we would wrestle like in the basement while my mom was mowing we would try to do it like out of the ordinary we would use a bunch of pop boxes as our tables and in the basement and you know chairs that we had that we didn't really want to hit each other too hard with but then we graduated and went out into the woods uh where we could build tables and jump off of sticks and logs and we so i still have some of these to date that i I should put online, but they, we basically had our own wrestling federation. We ended up with, you know, belts and other Luke. I know you're, you're familiar and famous for this as well, but ours was a just giant backyard fun thing. And we would do, we would do some crazy things for, I guess, 12, 12 year olds, but, (laughs) but but we would, we would, of course, always care about each other and our safety. But wrestling, certainly a huge part of my childhood that I'll never forget the fun of flying through a table and then watching it on slow-mo. So we had the uh, VCR that you could play in slow-mo. So we'd watch it and be like, oh, let's watch that in slow-mo and, and go through and do that. So a memory I'll never forget. See, it's it's much cooler to do it at 12 than it was at like 16 and 17, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. Because we just had we had the trampoline mat, and then we put down plywood, and then another trampoline mat. <laughs> so it was great. Uh, and as far as the weapons you're talking about, let me suggest a cookie sheet. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a cookie yes. Sheet. yes, it is amazing. It makes an amazing sound, and it really doesn't hurt. The only time <laughs> we did have one guy break his nose because somebody was clearing it out of the ring. And just like threw it like a frisbee and hit him straight in the face. <laughs> that was probably the worst injury anyone ever had. Well, I I once uh, there was a broom that we were using in one match, and this is when it got a little out of hand. Was the, the neighbors there was like two girls wrestling with us, and Ooh. the the <laughs> no 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 nope, and the broom <laughs> the broom broke, and it was like one of those metal brooms, and I jumped off of a handrail. Uh, to to like you know axe handle somebody and they stuck the broom up and it cut my like the side of my hand like my wrist 
And I saw I was bleeding. And of course, you know, me being a huge wrestling fan, I tried to rub it on my face. So it looked like my head was, <laughs> was bleeding. I, I, I wasn't bleeding bad enough to make it work. But Try the old Ric Flair yeah. where you just brushed yeah. it back through that white hair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a couple of points on that, Luke. As you, as you noted, I was a big part of these at, at certain points and certainly didn't have anything to do with the fact that I was a couple years younger than everybody and small to begin <laughs> with, so I was easy to throw around. But two of the memories that stick out to me are one nearly getting like my (laughs) neck snapped in half by you giving me like an inverted DDT on your bed, which of course (laughs) we had on videotape naturally. And then the the second being a a match that you and I and my brother held in in your basement where I like we I remember I remember the camera footage most of all because we of course watched it immediately afterwards and we had the camera like set up above and kind of in the corner and it was just this ridiculous like really long really drawn out match between the three of us where at at one point uh, I believe you jumped off maybe your guys deep freezer onto a scoop (laughs) shovel which was laying on top of me and I had a nice like indentation from the scoop (laughs) shovel. But then also the fact that like midway through the match, all of a sudden you just got on a razor scooter and we're scooting <laughs> around the basement, just like trying to clothesline people. It was, I would love, I would love to see that now. Cause I'm sure it's like super lame, but it was, I remember watching it and be like, Oh shit. Oh my God. I can't believe you did that. The matches that had to stop and end because somebody was crying were always the worst. <laughs> uh best i think you mean but yeah <laughs> yeah we we have three more after this we have we have number yeah. one yeah my <laughs> my number one here i'll get i'll jump into it because it'll it'll go fairly quick this is uh less probably less relatable to everybody because it's more of a personal experience for me but uh, my my number one memory is from when i want to say i was probably 12 or 13 my family about every summer we would take a, a big trip and then throughout you know my childhood every other year uh, our big family trip would include uh, a, a group of family friends that, that you know, my mom and dad went to college with and about every other every other summer we would go down to like florida or or georgia or something like that and you know rent a house and stay for a week and and just do all the vacation things and one of these particular times again like i said i was probably like 12 or 13 i remember we went to the florida keys and stayed we, we had found a really nice house to stay in for a week and it was right it, the house was situated on a canal, so you would walk out to the back patio, there's a pool, and then you walk down and there was a canal. We had rented a boat that was, you know, docked right there. It was like so picturesque and so like exactly what you want kind of in a vacation house. And I just remember that trip most vividly because it was kind of, you know, it was a perfect situation. It was really probably the first time that I remember we, we became really big fans of going out on the boat and going snorkeling, like on the, on the reef. And I remember snorkeling that particular time and the water just being super clear, being a ton of wildlife and stuff like that to see when we were out there, you know, reef sharks. I think I've talked about that before, uh, like sea turtles, you know, octopuses, anything that you could possibly want. But the thing that sticks out to me the most is we were, uh, you know, we're right on the canal with this, this house. And we had brought a bunch of fishing gear with us. So we were fishing just straight off the canal. 
and I got a really big bite as I was fishing and had to fight this thing for a while. I could tell it was something, you know, something big. Again, I was a small guy, so it could have just been whatever. But I finally pulled it up and it was this like foot and a half long scallop head shark, like baby shark that I pulled in. And it was just kind of like it was one of those things where you just like, I didn't know what to do with it at the time. Like we pulled it up and of course my dad and, and our friend helped me get it off the hook. And we took some, took a bunch of pictures with it. And it was just this really cool experience where I, I don't know, I never expected to do anything like that. You never expect to just be at this, you know, fishing off the back porch basically and pull in a shark. And I did. And it was just really cool. I remember being again, you know, no secret, I'm a huge wimp, so I was super afraid of like touching or or really holding the shark for fear of getting bitten. But just, just something that I don't know, just so unique. And then you know, we we went on to a, a couple more people pulled off small sharks like that uh, off the back porch and in a couple different areas. So we found out they were pretty common. But at the time it happened, it was like one of those like, wow, I, like I did this. I'm a, a 10 year old kid i've got a bunch of older brothers and and there's older older kids on the other side uh with the other group and both our dads are fishing and i was the one that pulled up out the shark first it was just something that really like i don't know i felt like meant a lot to me and and the whole vacation as a whole was absolutely unforgettable so uh, not to brag but (laughs) (laughs) not to brag but i wrestled a shark yeah yeah and then and then i uh we held a ladder match out there (laughs) (laughs) against the shark (laughs) <laughs> against against the shark, yes, the shark won. Believe it or not, oh, natural took the title out to sea, so it kind of it, the promotion ended after that, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, I'm really loving all these wrestling comments and and mm-hmm. memories because Baba obviously, <laughs> obviously, my number one P is going to be professional wrestling. Yes. Now, first off, do you guys have anything where? you have it as this memory and you're so sure it happened, but then you're, you're not sure if it really happened or if you've just thought about it so many times you think it happened. Like, does that make any sense? The Bengals winning a playoff game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, that's Luke. We, that's factually has not happened. Okay. (laughs) Yes. Other Luke, I, I know exactly what you mean. Okay, so the first time that I saw wrestling, I've I've always told the exact same story, but so many things in it don't line up. Mm-hmm. But but I'm going with it anyway. Uh, I always say I was five years old. I was at my papa's house, and we were up in his bedroom. Now I only remember being in his bedroom like two or three times in my life, so I have no clue why this memory is there. And he was flipping through the channels. And all of a sudden, I see Scott Steiner on the television. And I said, Papa, what's that? And in typical old man fashion, he said, oh, that's wrestling. <laughs> yep. So so I have this vivid memory of being there and him flipping through the channels and it being Scott Steiner. But like I said, I, I remember being five. But I also remember Scott Steiner being the blonde haired genetic freak. But in when I was five, he was still in a tag team with the brown hair. He didn't really change to that other look until like 97, 98. So I could just have my timeline wrong or I could just be making it up that that's who I saw. But if I was making it up, why would I pick Scott Steiner of all people? (laughs) Um, Oh, wow. (laughs) So I. I don't remember how much of that story, like the timeline is factual or the location or anything, 
but in my head that is my first memory of professional wrestling and that is that is the moment that i was hooked i'm so, i'm so glad you brought this up because it, i i have like three things i want to talk about and now i can plug <laughs> i can plug one of them here and it makes sense uh so my first rest i i collected wrestling action figures and it really wasn't a collection i just fucking loved wrestling and i loved <laughs> having action figures and the the first one I ever got was when I was like two years old for going uh, pee on the potty, and I got a Sting yeah. action figure. Yeah, nice. And, and uh, you you mentioned Scott Steiner, so I had the Rick and Scott Steiner action figures back. I mean, the super old WCW ones. I might still have them. I don't know. I tried to monetize this a few years ago and sold some of them, and now I'm a little depressed that I even thought that way. <laughs> But one memory I have is my mom would just buy like 40 of these at the same time. So every one that came out, I had to have. So when I was um, old enough to like to to just have for like Christmas and birthday and I and I knew that Santa wasn't real. Spoiler alert to the kids listening. Uh, no. But <laughs> whoa, too but, soon. <laughs> but I, she would buy like 40 of these at a time and just put them in giant trash bags down in the basement. And then if I did like a, a chore out of the ordinary or something, then she would be like, all right, you can go down and pick out one wrestler. And it's just this memory that I have running downstairs and like flipping through this giant trash bag full of 40 different action figures just in their boxes still. And I got to pick one of them that I got to go upstairs and open. And it was great, and it was one of the coolest things ever. Just to, ha but but also one of the saddest things ever to know that you know there's uh, forty action figures downstairs that I'm not allowed to have because <laughs> they're for Christmas or something, and it's May, so I have to wait another seven months. One thing on that, really quick. Actually, two things I want to plug in because they're super relevant to this right now. First off, your huge, massive uh, wrestling action figures. We talked about how I was sort of a tag along with you and my older brother when I was really young. Uh, I, I remember loving going over to your house and like you and Steve would be you know, playing PlayStation or something like that. And I would just be playing with your huge, massive action figures in the background, like not really paying attention. I, I mean, almost a thousand, almost yeah. a thousand of them, just to be clear. Like, this was An massive. unbelievable amount, yeah. yeah. And the, the second thing is, you said you got your first one when you were potty training. Uh, I had a very similar experience where my mom had a, a, a toy for me when I was potty training that uh, I believe it was, it was, you remember troll dolls. You guys yeah. know what those are. It was, yes. it was, I think, like a battle troll of some sort. So like <laughs> I, I, it had weapons. I don't know. It was a weird time. But anyway, I was like, you know, two, three years old, however old I was and super excited to get it. And, and I got it and then very shortly had to give it back because I, <laughs> it turned out I wasn't potty trained. <laughs> That's a, a story that my uh, my family loves to tell at gatherings. Uh, one more one more note on my Sting action figure. It was obviously when he had short hair and the half face paint. His his hands were and his mouth was open. And as a young child, I actually f I fed him uh, <laughs> marshmallows, like the marshmallow cereal. I would just like cram it in his mouth, and it would just like crumble and fall all over the place. If I can only take one thing from this, it's that I'm definitely going to do that if I ever have yeah. children, just so mm. I can pick the wrestlers. I'm going to yeah. have a bag of 40 of them, but I'm going to be like, no, no, you, you want this Edge action figure first. Yeah, that's the first one you're going to choose. 
<laughs> and then I'm just going to play with them. I yeah, I still go to Walmart down the toilet, and I'm like, fuck, those are pretty cool. Like, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hux wanted 50 wrestling action figures today, so I just figured, you know, he was being really good, so I got him for him. Is it my turn? It is your turn. It's your, so. it's your turn for number one. I, I can't believe we got here. So I, I obviously was not even prepared to do this, but Andy, I, I hope so, so bad that you remember this. And this is not my number one, but I thought of this randomly. One time, uh, and this just goes back to the common theme, I spent a lot of time at your house hanging out with you guys. And, <laughs> and one time I just saw something random like sitting by your sink and I was like, this is fucking weird there's just water in this thing <laughs> and i dumped it down the sink and i i killed your entire collection of spider monkeys <laughs> sea monkeys sea, spider monkeys oh, sea would be a totally different thing sea monkeys <laughs> and i vividly remember like you you screaming and like crying and being so mad and i'm like it was a fucking empty cup of water like it was a, do you remember this at all no, I don't. I, I mean, I remember killing killing a set of sea monkeys under totally different circumstances. But the, there was there. Was, I, I don't know what sea monkeys. Are. Maybe they're just tiny invisible thing. This was a container of water that just seemed out of place to me, so I dumped it in the sink to do to do your mom a favor for not having yeah, to clean yeah. up later. And you were so upset and screamed and yelled that I killed your sea monkeys, and I felt I, I was like worried I was in trouble for a while. And Steve's like, oh, dude, don't worry about it. Like, it's fucking, it's fucking Andy's sea monkeys. Don't worry about it. I can't believe I don't remember that. Uh, I, you're forgiven for killing my sea monkeys. Don't worry. Thank you. Uh, also, nothing was more surprising to me than you saying you were at my house and just saw something fucking weird <laughs> sitting around. Yeah. You didn't know it's where that was court. going. Yeah. yeah. The number one thing I'll mention, it's, it's teetering on childhood. And it's when Truett and I went to Myrtle Beach, and I don't know if I've told this story. I've told it way too many times, and it gets better every time. But I went to I went on vacation with Truett and his family to Myrtle Beach, and my family never went on vacation, so it was always kind of a treat. And um, I was 20 at the time. He was 18, so again, childhood is out the window, but this, I think, is my number one memory ever. And we decided uh, somewhere midday that we wanted to go to a club. And I had a little slide phone and I said, yeah, I'll look it up on my phone back when I first had the internet and it probably cost me like four bucks a minute I was on there. <laughs> and and I, I searched club in Myrtle Beach. We were in Myrtle Beach and uh, club 2001 popped up and I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's super close. So we're going to go there. So uh, his parents were OK with us drinking a little bit beforehand and we knew we wouldn't be able to drink there. So we had a couple of drinks. We went to a karaoke bar, actually. And I for some reason, I just really wanted to sing, which is odd because my music taste is not what anybody else's is. And we're it was basically a biker bar. So I signed up to sing and I got up there and I, I remember Truett's dad saying, they must have music here that I don't know. I don't know of. And I was like, yeah, probably. So I got up in the middle of this biker bar and I karaoke'd uh, Neo. So sick. Uh, <laughs> you can imagine how that went immediately after I was done, we left, but one biker gave me a high five on the way out and was like, that was pretty cool. I was like, yeah, you know, a song you've never heard of. Uh, so then we went to this club and we walk in and the, the bouncer outside you're you can go in at 18 and he says 
Detroit, who wears the hat 24-7, he's like, you can't wear a hat. And he's like, okay. So he took it off and put it in his cargo short pocket. Uh, and we walk into this club, and two steps in, Truett takes the hat out of his pocket and puts it back on his head. And he's like, <laughs> fuck that. So we, we walk in, and there's three different clubs inside, and only one of them seems to be going on, and it's got like a jazz uh, music playing. And Truett and I sit down at a table, and we're like... <laughs> This is not what we thought of when we said, let's go clubbing. And uh, the waitress comes up and was like, do you guys want to drink? And we just immediately panicked and we're like, no, we're good. And so we sit there and two, so again, we're 20 and 18 and two, probably 35 to 40 year old women come in and sit at the table behind us. And true, it's like, uh, you know what? Let's do this. He's like, you try to order drinks. I'm going to go talk to these, these ladies. And I was like, all right, whatever. What's the worst that can happen? So I flagged the bartender down who has a voice that was deeper than mine at the time. And uh, I said, yeah, can we get a Grey Goose and Sprite and a Miller Lite, please? And she's like, yeah, sure. I'll have it right out. And I'm like, holy shit, that that actually worked. And meanwhile, Truett's in the back. And I'm like, I turn around and I'm like, Truett, get over here. And so she brings us her drinks and Truett comes strutting back to the table. And he's like, yeah, there's. Those girls are interested in us. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and not like a minute and a half later, they walk by us and leave and never come back. And I was like, yeah, you really fucked that one up. So so we start drinking in this club full of 60-year-old men and women play, listening to jazz. And I, I'm like, this is cool because we're drinking. We're underage and it's kind of risque. But uh this this is not gonna work and then suddenly the band's like we're gonna take a break we're gonna turn on some music and the first song they play is the cupid shuffle and true and i look at each other and we're like holy shit the cupid shuffle like we know this is back when it was super popular so we go out there and we do the cupid shuffle and some of the you know 60 year olds are dancing you know just being stupid they don't know the actual dance but we do so we're instantly cool uh and then a song comes on that's a little bit slower right after that and I see Truett look at me with with those Truett eyes, and I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and he he takes the hand of a 65-year-old lady and starts slow dancing with her. And I'm like, it's, it's a bold move, but okay. So I follow along. I grab another lady who might be 70, I don't know, and slow dance with her. And she she looks at me, and I will remember this forever. She said... At at ten o'clock, the club next door starts, and uh, they have music my grandson likes, and he's about your age. And I said, "Jesus, oh thank God!" <laughs> and I looked at my watch, and it was ten till. And I said, "True it, good news. Uh, the there's better music coming." So the the club next door was top forty, and. Long story short, we ended up being able to order drinks all night. I'm 20 years old without a job on a vacation, and we rack up a an enormous bar bill that I picked up. But uh, there were stairs going down to the other club, and Truett had fallen down the stairs <laughs> multiple times. But the the <laughs> last the last two things I remember was me going up to dance with uh, a girl and I was trying to be creative and drop it low during a rap song and I fell on the floor and she turned around and looked at me and said oh hell no and then walked away and, and <laughs> the, the last thing I remember was a, another like older mom I don't know why that would be the case walking up to me and I was just talking to her and she's like yeah I'm here celebrating my twin daughter's birthdays 
And I was like, oh, that's really oh, cool. And she's, wow. Yeah. And she's like, I don't really know where they are. They're over there dancing or something. And she's looking. And she's like, oh, there they are. And I look across the uh, club and I see Truett with his hat that he's not supposed to be wearing sideways with his arm around two twin girls. And she's like, those are my daughters <laughs> over there. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> 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 Wonderful night. The night ended. We we decided to call Truett's dad for a ride, and he didn't answer. So we called his uncle, who did answer. And this was like two in the morning, and they love telling this story more than us because a dog then saw our missed call. Truett's dad saw our missed call, went to get in the elevator, opened it, and his uncle was standing in there. And they looked at each other and they laughed and they said, let's go get these guys. And, and we went outside stupidly, obviously, at the time. And we like brought our drinks outside. We're underage drinking now in public and threw it in the bushes. So we, we, we got away from that. So I ended up falling asleep. Truett ended up sleeping, uh, hovered around the toilet the entire night. And the best part is the next morning. Um, like three hours later, Donna, Truett's mom, was waking us to go to church. And it, it was the lovely church where they sang every single word of the entire mass. And, and the other weird thing is we thought we saw some familiar faces in that next morning. Like the 65, 70-year-old crowd looks, looked like we had danced with them the night before. But uh, we, we did not leave the hotel room the rest of that day or any day following. Uh, but it was epic for one night only. I was really hoping it was going to be those twin girls and yeah, it, was, no. uh, it was going to be a fun follow-up to that. But uh, the, the 60 and 70 year old, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. So I'm just shocked that, that you guys actually went to the, the top 40 bar. I figured you'd be like, hey, these chicks are into us. Might as well see how it plays out. Oh. I had saw Truett strike out with a a 40-year-old. I knew he wasn't doing any better with a 60-year-old, so I thought... <laughs> The uh, the Truidize is one of the one of the uh, the best uh, characterizations of that moment that I think but, I could possibly have. Yeah, but you both know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely, without a doubt. Uh, oh man, we went from uh, we went from frisbee golf to that story. Hard yeah. to believe. A great oh, top man. three for sure. A great top three. Yes, a, a rambling, off-topic most of the time top three, but great nonetheless. 